It's the weekend. It's seven days before Christmas, and we're looking up in the sky, and uh, with us today is Steve Cates, otherwise known as Dr. Sky. Uh, Steve, is there an asteroid coming this way that might have been the star of Christmas? So tell us. Good morning to you and everybody out there. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. We have so many asteroids, and no, I think sometimes the media gets it really much incorrect. It seems like every week we have an asteroid coming, but the one you're referring to is another one coming down the highway, one that's larger than a mile or so in diameter. But safely, as we report accurately on your show, we really don't have anything else to worry about about this particular asteroid. But that may not be the case in the future. And you can bet on this program, John, we're going to tell the listeners everything we can way in advance. But the interesting thing I wanted to mention, too, John, is this discovery and revelation from the Department of Energy with their U.S. National Ignition Facility. It's a research facility that's been working on the thing that we call fusion power. And a thing, it's very powerful. It's the power of what powers the stars. And without going into too much detail here, just to let everybody know what fusion really is, you take two atomic nuclei, you merge them together to form a heavy nucleus. And the mass of one of those that's combined is less than the two. And out of that, when you bring them together, that leftover mass is in the form of energy. And the sun, John, does this every second. It's been shining for four and a half billion years, as many people may know. So every second, think about this. If you and I had to pay and everybody listening this electric bill or this energy bill, every second, some 600 million tons of hydrogen is converted into 596 million tons of helium. And out of that comes 4 million tons of energy. That's the energy that powers the sun. So, John, wouldn't that be amazing if we can actually harness this power? They apparently got more energy out of this little test that they did. And I think this is quite amazing. Uh, it's probably not going to happen for quite a while, but it's a positive, I think, in the right direction. It's mind-boggling that you get that much energy out of it than you put into it. It, it defies yes. everything that... Uh, uh, we've ever learned in school when we were going to school. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, similar to, uh, uh, you know, uh, we own an oil refinery, and when, yes. uh, when you crack a, a barrel of gasoline, a barrel of gasoline is 42 and a half gallons. Wow. Because yeah. you make lighter products out of it, you end up with 44 gallons. Or something like that. Just to mention, John, the details of this, it may sound a little like rocket science, but they did. They put in 2.05, and I'm just reading this, megajoules of energy into the system. And they got out of it 31.2 megajoules. So let me define what a joule is. It's the amount of work necessary to create one watt of energy for one second. So the bottom line is you, got, you put in 2.05 of something, okay, and you got out 31.2. So the, so the math is in the right direction. So you're right. You don't get that necessarily out of fossil fuel, but... We're so dependent, as you know, so accurately. And I hear every time I see you and watch you on the Fox Business Channel, you're so right when you talk about let's open up these pipelines because that will help us to reduce all this nasty inflation and all the other things. But imagine if we had fusion power, you know, we'd power starships into space. We'd power, of course, our cities. And you never know. Maybe we can go warp speed. Absolutely, John. And that's why it's something of the future. And that's why it is something, <clears throat> excuse me, important to tell the listeners of your show and share it with the people across the nation that this is something that's been tried. And many people may wonder, well, hasn't this uh, happened before that they've tried this? Well, the problem is you have to create such intense temperatures 
And that's the problem. How do you shield and create a vessel that can create and sustain the temperatures? Now, people say that the temperature inside the sun is upwards of 35 million degrees Fahrenheit. Obviously, we know we don't have a thermometer to stick in there. That would be ridiculous. So it's all done mathematically. It's all done by the laws of physics. But the problem is here. How do we create a vessel that's made of materials, obviously metals and high advanced materials, to sustain the temperatures necessary for that? So the bottom line is, if I had to say it in less than a minute or even 15 seconds, more energy came out than went in. And this is fusion, not fission, because fission is what we have in our nuclear power plants. Some of the early atomic weapons that are not the hydrogen bomb, those are a little more on the fusion side. That's a long story. But, of course, nuclear submarines, nuclear power plants, that's the fission process. That's different than what we're talking about. I hear there was something going on in Jupiter. Well, John, we talk a little bit about the mystery. We always talk about the mystery of the week. And here it is. This is probably the best mystery of every show we've ever done. And it is what was the beautiful star of Bethlehem. And we go back to the three wise men. What were they? They were astrologers. They allegedly came from central Mesopotamia, maybe northern Persia. And they were men of wisdom. They were not astronomers, but astrologers. And their job was to predict future events to the kings and to the princes that they ruled over, that were ruling over them. And if they didn't predict things right, maybe off with their heads or who knows. But these three wise men saw a distinct sign in the heavens. And we think that from biblical history, some say it was a supernova or a star that exploded. We discount that because we go back in time and say, well, where's the remnant? We don't see one in you know, the after effect of the explosion. We talk about comets. Comets were always looked, John, as a portent of doom. When Caesar died, a great comet appeared, and Shakespeare wrote, when comets are seen, you know, it, it heralds in the death of kings. It's not a good sign. So it probably wasn't a comet because there wasn't one at the time. But the birth of Jesus is questionable. We all know our birthday, but Jesus' birthday, according to the calendar, which changed, could be anywhere from 2 B.C. to 6 B.C., and maybe that's not accurate. And some say he wasn't born during Christmas time, as we know now, but in the spring of the year. So what could it have been? And I'm going to say this on your show proudly, that it could very well be divine inspiration, simply a miracle that science can't explain. But what we do know, back on the date of April 17th of 6 B.C., a celestial lineman of Jupiter the moon, the sun, and the constellation Aries, which was a very respected sign to many of the people at that time, a sacred sign. And Jupiter was king both to Greeks and Romans, you know, Rex the king. And also that helped them maybe look toward the sky and see a symbol. But the mystery is, what made them think that they needed to drive, or excuse me, drive, not drive, but ride camel to go to the place of an unknown birth? This is a great mystery. So in the sky, it was more than likely to put it to rest and we really can't, a conjunction of planetary objects in the heavens, a mystery that we'll probably never understand. There's a lot of wows in today's thing, especially the, uh, the stuff with uh, uh, fusion. Uh, Absolutely. But uh, I'm not sure it's going to happen in our lifetime, uh, Steve. Steve. You know, you may, be, you may be right, John. It's possible, but I think at least the kudos to the, to the people at the U.S. Department of Energy, they're moving in the right direction because everything starts with a small step. And, you know, to be very positive during this holiday season, I wanted to make a little quote here, not by me, but share one. And it goes like this, and I quote, Dwell on the beauty of life. Watch the stars and see yourself running with them, end quote. That was made by a very interesting Roman emperor, one of the five good emperors, a Stoic known as Marcus Aurelius. Don't we all need, what, a little positivity in this holiday season, don't you think? Absolutely. Steve Cates, have a...
Merry Christmas, Happy Holiday, and we'll catch up again uh, soon. And you too, John. Thank you so much.